Greetings and welcome once again to our weekly edition of The Sins That Will Do You In, our countdown of the sins of the week from the Church of Common Sense. Brother Chuck here, and as we count them down in reverse order, which will be the top sin of the week this week? Will it be the sin of ignorance, arrogance, pride, greed, deception, apathy, or laziness? Or will it be the eighth sin that sometimes disguises itself as the disease of hypocrisy? We'll find out in just a little bit. Let's get started off this week, though, with the talk about Joe Biden. People often wonder, my bless their hearts, as we say in the South, liberal friends, why I don't trust sleepy, sneaky Joe Biden. Now, it's not just because he resembles the banjo boy from the famed movie Deliverance that was popular back in the 1970s. It's not just because he appears basically sleazy from every angle you look at him. No, it's the sneakiness and the way that he obviously don't know no better, as we say. And once again this week, he has put that on display by this trip to Israel masquerading that he really gave a damn about the Israelis and what they're going through in their war with Hamas. Oh, yes, Biden got on Air Force One and trekked over to meet with Benjamin Netanyahu, saying, we care about you, we stand with Israel, and I'm going to go right back to the United States of America and ask for every sin I can get for you. And that's what he did. Biden got on a plane, he came back to the United States, and he immediately requested foreign aid from Congress for the Israelis. But tied to that foreign aid bill were a few other things that you need to know about. Oh, yes, he wants to help the Israelis, and he wants to give them the assistance he says that they so badly need. Now, they don't want boots on the ground. What they need is weapons. They need our assistance here, there, and yonder. And sleepy, sneaky Joe said, we're going to give it to you. We're all with you. So he immediately asked Congress for $14.3 billion in his new wish list to help the Israeli military. Sounds pretty good, huh? Okay. By the way, in that same request, that $14.3 billion request to help Israel, he included $14 billion to help enforcement on the border against immigration. Now, one might say, okay, is this Biden's way of saying to Benjamin Netanyahu that you're not any more important to us than the border situation? Is it his way of admitting that our problem on the southern border with Mexico is just as much of a problem that the Israelis are having? Think about that. $14.3 billion to help the Israelis, $14 billion for immigration on the southern border. By the way, he cares about the Palestinians too. He asked for $9.15 billion in humanitarian assistance. So he's telling the Israelis, look, we care about you, $14.3 billion. We care about you $5 billion more than we care about the Palestinians because, by the way, we asked for $9.15 billion. But, Chuck, it's not Hamas. It's the, it's the Palestinians. 
Yeah, like every penny that doesn't go across the border is not going to be filtered through Hamas. I mean, really? Get serious about that. However, in Sleepy Sneaky Joe's attempt to masquerade his true devotion to Israel, $9.15 billion to the Palestinians in humanitarian assistance, $14 billion to help on the southern border, and $14.3 billion to help the Israelis. There's also another request in there. It's to help out the Ukraine military. And how much does Sneaky Joe want for that? Only another $61.4 billion. Now listen, I've got nothing against helping Ukraine. We've helped them a good bit already, and I don't know what the total number is there. But you get on Air Force One, you travel across the ocean to meet with Netanyahu and claim to him that he's the most important thing on your mind, yet he's only slightly more important than the humanitarian assistance you want to give to the Palestinians just across the border, and you never know which one of those wants to kill you. And by the way, he's only one-fourth important as Ukraine, which we've been giving billions and billions and billions to for quite some time now. I mean, really, Joe? Do you think that Benjamin Netanyahu is that stupid? Do you think America is that stupid? Oh, we know your supporters are that stupid. I know liberals. I know Biden supporters. It doesn't surprise me at all that they say, well, yeah, that's a pretty good thing. They don't know how to add. They don't know how to multiply. Um, Unfortunately, they do know how to multiply, and that's part of the problem, but I digress. So if you wonder why I don't trust Joe Biden, it's the sneaky things he does. Yes, we want to help Israel a little bit more than we want to help the Palestinians for humanitarian help, but not nearly as much as we want to help the Ukraine. But I care about you. Joe, I'll bring out an old tune from the past. You're dumber than you look. But you don't look all that smart. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. Hey, listen to that nonsense coming from his mouth. You think he ever wonders what the hell he's talking about. Reading someone else's words written in his style Delivered with such poise and always with a smile Ah, the monkey in the suit and tie Pulling off the almost perfect line His elevator don't reach the top floor all the chairs ain't pushed up to the table He's rowing with one oar He's a few bricks shy of a low Or headed backwards down a one-way road He ain't playing with a four-deck of cars Yeah, he's dumber than he looks And he don't look all that smart He'll tell you what he thinks Will make him look good And if it comes out wrong He'll say you just misunderstood Take credit for the good That he's never done And for the bad you can bet He's gonna blame some 
the hat back in half breathe Your support is what he wants But your ignorance is what he needs His elevator don't reach the top floor All the chairs ain't pushed up to the table He's rowing with one oar He's a few bricks shy of a load Headed backwards down a one-way road He ain't playing with a four-deck of cars Oh, he's dumber than he looks And he don't look all that smart talk about the sin of greed and discussing the sin of greed this week one has to wonder if the reason that Joe Biden went to Israel is his greed for attention from everything we see in the polls everything we have seen in all recent reports his popularity is slipping now do I think he is concerned about losing the election to Donald Trump? Should Donald Trump manage to somehow secure the Republican nomination once again? I don't know. But I do know that Joe's got to be concerned about what the American public is thinking about him. For months, we hear nothing from this guy. He stays out of the public eye, and then all of a sudden... He stumbles over to Israel and makes an appearance over there in a show of support for the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. But did he really go to show support, or was it just greed for attention? One has to wonder. If you saw the meeting, it's very clear that the man sitting in a chair representing the greatest free nation on earth is basically not carrying all 52 cards in a deck. The wartime visit coming a day after a massive blast at a hospital in Gaza 
and the Palestinian nations he was supposed to meet with backing out of those meetings just like that. Now, Biden did go to Tel Aviv, of course, to reiterate U.S. support for Israel. And in doing so, he hopes to iron out a plan to get humanitarian aid to civilians trapped in Gaza. So one has to wonder, how do you think the Israelis and the Jews feel about that? Just days ago, Benjamin Netanyahu and his leaders of the Israeli military took the stance of kill them all. So now we're going to say, well, don't kill them all, kill Hamas, but, you know, spare the citizens. Is that even possible? I mean, there are no rules in war when it comes down to it. So let's talk about this massive blast at this hospital in Gaza that supposedly killed hundreds of people. Now, Hamas was quick to say that it came from an Israeli plane strike or drone strike. But upon investigation, that's most likely not the case at all. The bomb blast doesn't look like it came from the sky. And the people who inspect those kind of things were quick to say that. So there is a lot of jibber-jabber about it possibly coming from terrorists inside the Gaza Strip. Palestinian blamed Israel, but Israel responded it wasn't them. They said it was most likely a failed missile launch from Hamas. Meanwhile, after meeting with Netanyahu, Biden was supposed to sit down with King Abdullah II of Jordan, the president of Egypt, and we're going to come back to that in a second, and also Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas. However, once the hospital blast occurred, boom, all three canceled just like that. And anti-Israel and anti-U.S. protests erupted across the region. Now let's come back to this whole thing with the Egyptian president, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi. Has anyone bothered to bring up the point that even though She helped Biden get elected because she is a woman of color. Kamala has Egyptian blood. When they were begging for the country of Egypt to take refugees from Gaza, Egypt will quickly say, oh, no, no, you're not coming here. In the meantime, what was he doing there? Now, we've told you it was most likely for the sin of greed. Supposedly, Biden was supposed to focus on pressuring the Egyptian prime minister to allow food, medicine, and water into Gaza. Really? You know anything that goes across the border into Gaza is going to be controlled by the terrorists. Why would you even suggest that? Again, it's greed for attention. Uh, Biden also hopes his presence will serve as a message to Iran, whose foreign minister warned that Iran and their allies will include the Hezbollah militants in Lebanon who have already started bristling on the northern border of Israel. So that's a moot point. We've given $6 billion to Iran and said we gave it to them for humanitarian efforts 
Let's think about that for a second. This is a nation that chants death to Israel and especially death to the U.S., and we think they're capable of humanitarian efforts. I mean, are we really that stupid? Furthermore, people are now talking about this expanding into a larger regional war, and guess who might get involved? Russia and China. The Pentagon has already redirected about a dozen ships to the Mediterranean coast of Gaza and Israel. They've instructed an additional 2,000 U.S. troops to stand by and be deployed. How does that make you feel if your son or daughter is in the military? And by the way, while all this is going on, Xi Jinping and Putin are meeting in China. And we know they ain't sympathizing with Israel. So what was this visit to Israel all about? Greed. Not greed for money, but greed for attention. Biden is trying to show himself in a good light because he is sucking in the polls. And that basically is all it is. Good old-fashioned greed. Brother Chuck here for the pulpit of a church of common sense. Oh, Mr. President, I feel sorry for you. Oh, Mr. President, I feel sorry for you. You wanted the position, you got to do the job too. Oh, Mr. President, you think everyone's your friend. Oh, Mr. President, you think everyone's your friend. When all they really want is to know what you're going to do for them. Yeah. President, you're gonna let somebody down. Oh, Mr. President, you're gonna let somebody down. And come four years from now, they're not gonna want you around. Yeah, oh, Mr. President. I feel sorry for you. Oh, Mr. President, I feel sorry for you. You wanted that position. Now you got to do the job, too. Yeah, you wanted that position. Now you got to do the job too.
propose, Mr. President. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Brother Chuck and the Church of Common Sense podcast for the week ending October 21st. Can you believe this year is flying by? 2023 almost to an end. Uh, we'll resume the countdown of the sins. It'll do you in in just a second. But it's about that time once again that we check in with our friend in high places. I be high in the sky for week number seven of the NFL predictions. Well, Chuck and baby, once again, I be did pretty good last week. 11 wins and five losses. Uh-huh. A couple of surprises. Yeah. While the Saints did not surprise me, the Real? Cowboys did. Oh, yeah. I win it. I know. <laughs> Crazy, huh? In the meantime, a lot of good things going going on in Texas right now. The Texans look good against the Saints last week. Yep. The Cowboys look good. Mm-hmm. And of course, they got two teams vying to be in the World Series. Just yeah. a shame that these two have to play against each other because I'm going to tell you, a Rangers-Astros World Series would be a welcome sight in the Lone Star State. Wouldn't it though? Alright, on the football. Now we're going to start on Thursday night. Uh-huh. You know, I still ain't buying into the Saints. I know. Three and three for the year. Mm-hmm. Embarrassing last week against the Texans. And right. On Thursday... They're taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Even though it be in New Orleans, uh-huh. Doug Peterson, the coach of the Jaguars, of course, a Louisiana native who went to school at uh, what was once upon a time Northeast Louisiana University, now loses at Monroe, <laughs> All right. is the head coach of the Jaguars. Yes, so I'm going with the Jaguars mm. on that one there. All right, Jaguars. All right. Yep. That said, yep. let's get on to the rest of it here. Let's do it. Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. They're making a believer out of a lot of people, mm-hmm. I be included. I'm picking them over the Bears in Chicago this weekend. Las Vegas. Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. I'm picking them over the Indy Colts in Indianapolis. Cleveland. Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Traveling over to New England. Right. Patriots suck. Mm-hmm. Bills look good. I'm picking <laughs> the Bills on the road. Washington Commodores or Commanders. Right. On the road in New York. Yep. Giants look horrible. Yep. I'm going with Washington. Okay. Atlanta Falcons, Falcons. in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Up until this point, it's all been visiting teams. I got to say, the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield bounce back this week and uh, continue to lead in an NFC South, really? which is looking pretty horrible at this point. Uh, but we'll get to that later on. Buccaneers will move to 4 and 2, move the Falcons to 3 and 4 after this weekend. All right. Then. Now, yeah. back to winners on the road. Uh-huh. The Lions travel to Baltimore. Lions looking real good. Pick them to win in Baltimore. Detroit? Rams against the Steelers in LA. What about it? This one's going to be a close one, really? but IB says Rams will pull it off. LA. Seahawks at home against the Cardinals. Yeah. No problem for Seattle in that battle. Mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers on the road in Denver. What do you think? I love Sean Payton. I hope you do. But I don't love the rest of the team. <laughs> and that's why they're going to lose to the Packers in Denver this week. All right, then. Kansas City Chiefs at home against the Chargers. Right. We'll see if Taylor shows up for this one. Mm-hmm. We know Travis Kelsey will. Yeah. And that's why I'm taking the Chiefs to win. Dolphins on the road in Philadelphia. Yeah. Could be the best game of the week. Yeah. Could be the closest game of the week. IB says a shocker because the fans don't always play good mm-hmm. in non warm climates in Philadelphia, Ivy picks Miami to beat the Eagles. What a 49ers travel to Minnesota. Yep. 49ers, this one will be on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Ivy picks the 49ers to get win number six for the year. All right, then. No undefeated teams. Both of them went down, both the 49ers and the Eagles last week, yeah, they did. which makes the 72 Dolphins happy <laughs> because they're still the only undefeated team for more Get this, that uh-huh. 50 years now. Hard to believe. All right, that's what we got for you here. Y'all have yourself a lovely football watching weekend. I'm behind the sky. <laughs> you should be too. Yes. Ah, so my Japanese begin. Chinese pilot. Yeah. Check it out. All right, then. Thank you, IB. So there's his take on week number seven. And we'll get back to the countdown of the sins that will do you in on 
Brother Chuck's Common Sense Revival Show with sin number four. Right now in the Church of Common Sense, let us talk about the sin of deception. Were we all deceived by the great effort to get Obamacare passed as legislation? Today, from our You Picked a Fine Time to Leave Me Blue Shield Department and our sin of deception, are we finally now, all these years later, seeing the true effects of Obamacare finally being felt? Over the past couple of weeks on our podcast, we have talked about walkouts at national drug companies, walkouts and protests and strikes at large drugstore chains uh, across the country. And now we hear this. The 61-year-old drugstore chain Rite Aid, with more than 2,000 locations across the United States, has filed for bankruptcy, saying they are unable to find the money to settle hundreds of lawsuits that they are facing over apparently supplying opioids. But is that really the case? Rite Aid is much smaller than their competitors CVS and Walgreens. And if you'll recall, it's been several years ago now, CVS actually acquired a number of the Rite Aid locations. Now, when you throw into the mix that Walmart is big in the pharmacy business, and by the way, even though they're gone now, before Fred's got big into the pharmacy business as well. As a matter of fact, Fred's started offering generic drugs at a low-cost price, forcing Walmart to do the same. Eventually, Fred's went out of business. But now enter a brand new player in the game, and that is, of course, the folks at Amazon. Yes, you can get your drugs if you'll wait a couple of days for shipment on Amazon. Rite Aid admits they have struggled to keep their sales up. Things have not been good. They say they plan to restructure. They filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy, closing several stores, and installing a new top executive to oversee things. But as we continue with our discussion about the sin of deception where the healthcare industry is concerned, apparently many Americans are being affected by an ongoing nationwide medication shortage of ADHD. The Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, declared October 12th of last year, not this year, that the main drug used to treat ADHD, which apparently a lot of Americans have been diagnosed with, is in short supply. Drug makers are still struggling to produce enough Adderall to treat ADHD a year later. Adderall, by the way, you spell it A-D-D-E-R-A-L-L, is the leading drug prescribed for ADHD. 
Some providers are prescribing alternatives now, but even the alternatives are in short supply. So why isn't there enough to go around? Well, they're blaming the e-health startups, saying that the e-health startups have made getting a prescription for Adderall and the other drugs easier than before which contributes to an uptick in patients. At the same time, the abundance of these cheaper generic versions have left manufacturers with less of a profit motive to stock up on Adderall. The big pharma companies initially blamed the shortage on the supply chain snags. However, more recently, they have said that it's regulations. It's always something. It's not them, of course. The Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, apparently imposes quotas on how much of the active ingredients in ADHD, like Adderall, meds companies can acquire since most of them are classified as addictive. Though the DEA has claimed drug makers didn't exhaust their quotas last year, some companies recently said they've hit their limit and they requested larger allocations. But you can't get this Adderall, this ADHD drug. So add that to the fact that Walgreens went on strike recently. One of the big pharmacy makers that does a lot of the nonprofit stuff went on strike, and Rite Aid is filing bankruptcy, and we're finally seeing the sin of deception come to light and the true effects of Obamacare finally being felt. It took years, and they masqueraded it, but you'll recall... Nancy Pelosi saying, we've got to read, the, we have to pass the bill so we can read what is in it. Let's just get it done. We'll worry about the effects later. And here we are all these years later, finally seeing the true effects of Obamacare. Thank you, Democrats. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of a Church of Common Sense. Well, the government told us if we let them control us, we'd all be covered and cured. And that managed health care would surely be priced fair. Everyone would be insured. Oh, Nancy Pelosi, she said we were nosy when we asked her just what was in store. And then Mary Landrew, she raised up her tutu She sold us out like a common road whore Then they slipped the whole mess right through the Congress No regard for you and me and While we raised a ruckus, they shoved it up us like it was a suppository Now our providers can push premiums higher And there's not a thing that we can do When you go to the mailbox And you get the shock they decided to just cancel you to find time to leave me blue shield With Obamacare's details finally revealed I'm forced to have coverage you 
Sin number three now on our countdown of the sins that will do you in and our weekly podcast from the Church of Common Sense ending on October 21st. October 21st. You know, we were discussing just the other day, when does the time change? Remember, they kicked the time change back to the first weekend in November, so we still got a couple of weeks on that. But wow, where has this year gone? It has gotten out of here in a hurry. And next year, of course, is 2024, a huge election year. Some of those elections start early in the year, some of the statewide races and congressional races. So there's going to be a lot to talk about in 2024. And we'll be here with the podcast of the Church of Common Sense. But in the meantime, our sin that occupies the number three slot this week is the sin of pride. And yes, there was nobody prouder than the folks in social media and the Internet, especially when COVID reared its ugly head in 2020. All of a sudden, we became using Zoom meetings. We started having webinars. We worked from home. We worked remotely. We learned how wonderful and how valuable the Internet was. And at the same time, you know, it also uh, sparked an interest in social media. Uh, before uh, the... the uh, uh, the pandemic, there had been, you know, largely one or two social media platforms. But then Twitter got reborn. Uh, Musk bought Twitter. We had the Snapchat thing. There's several, uh, several platforms out there now. There's a Google chat thing. There's a WhatsApp thing. There's a Telegram thing. Facebook is still there. LinkedIn. Speaking of LinkedIn... Recently, and this didn't get a whole lot of publicity nationwide, uh, the once, uh, shall we say, professional organization that connected people socially worldwide has laid off some 700 employees. Yeah. Which asks the question, 
Is social media starting to peak? It's interesting that recently I ran, I read an article where 90% of women who use LinkedIn said that they have been hit on uh, for sexual favors or to try to hook up with men using the service. I never thought about that. As a matter of fact, I, I don't think that much about LinkedIn anymore, period. It's become kind of like the MySpace of, uh, <laughs> of social networking. Remember MySpace? Remember when MySpace was all the rage? I'll never forget this. I was working for a huge broadcast company when uh, they came out with this uh, MySpace thing and about three or four months into it, we all had a nationwide webinar. Everybody was required to have a MySpace page. It was going to be the next thing to take over the world. Uh, they said when the number of people using MySpace were a country, it would be the third largest country in the world, yada, 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 so on and so forth. And within weeks, Facebook had knocked it off the map. This was about 2008, 2009. And then the company had a big webinar, a nationwide webinar, and said, you all have to have a Facebook page now. Well, LinkedIn has kind of become the MySpace of the professional social networking world, uh, but still trying to make a comeback. And I've noticed that a lot of the big companies are using it more these days. But it was recently announced, not in the mainstream media, that LinkedIn would be letting go some 700 employees. Now, the social network claims they're all coming to its core engineering team, product Talent, finance teams uh, were also affected, though. And by the way, this is the second round of significant layoffs this year. LinkedIn eliminated a similar number of roles back in May, saying they were doing so to streamline their operations and uh, get more concentrated on artificial intelligence. Now, these 700 employees represent about 3% of the total workforce of LinkedIn, which is now some 20,000. But they come as the company, owned by Microsoft, I should say, reports year-over-year -year revenue has slowed for two solid years, eight straight quarters, and also their advertising is tanking as well. Now, let's discuss that for a minute. Advertising. You don't, you don't think about LinkedIn and advertising. Well, it's true. All of these social media sites that urge you to come join them and use them to connect with employees and find people that you haven't talked to in decades, you know, say, it will always be free. You're never going to have to pay for this. But if you'd like to pay, you can, and you won't see these nasty ads uh, for um, uh, Credit Karma or fight the IRS, or Mr. Personal Injury Attorney will help you get a lawsuit for bad water at a military base. <laughs> All those are on there. Plus, naturally, there's a hookup site. What is the one that everybody uses? eHarmony. They advertise on there. Oh, yeah, it's all there. Now, the user base of LinkedIn, they say, has ballooned to more than 950 million, almost a billion people. That's pretty impressive. I'm sure, like you, I have a, a LinkedIn page. Do I ever use it? Not really that much. It's there. I can't think of the last time that I actually signed on. And even at the uh, announcement of this uh, news, laying off employees, I didn't bother to go and check it out on LinkedIn. I read it somewhere else. But it, it makes us ask the question, 
is social media starting to peak? Lord knows there are enough platforms out there to connect from Twitter, which is now called X, to WhatsApp, uh, to Facebook, of course, which still remains pretty popular, LinkedIn, you name it, they're all out there. But are they all starting to peak? I notice as I continually check my Facebook page from time to time that, you know, where I could post something, and it was not uncommon for me to post something and get hundreds of likes within the first 24 hours. Now, that has deteriorated to maybe, say, 50 or 60 in the first 24 hours and 100 to 200 total, where at one time it was five or 600. Now, is it because the stuff that I'm posting is any less interesting than it used to be? I don't think so, because it's relatively the same kind of material that I've always posted. The problem is, and I've done the research on this, is people just aren't clinging to social media like they used to. And part of the reason is because, and you know this as well as I do, Unless you pay for the service, which rarely people do, when you sign on, now you're hit with a barrage of ads about this and that and the other. And God forbid you should ever click on one of these ads, even if it's a Walmart ad, to check out a price for something you want because you're going to get barraged with ads over the next month and a half to two months saying, please shop at Walmart, please shop at Walmart, order this, order this. Amazon is the same way. So there you go. It is uh, the sin of pride occupying the number three slot this week. And you can blame it all on the Internet. Yeah, the Internet killed the Internet <laughs> all on its own. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. To find the best time to water my plants And the forecast had dressed for the 70s So I put on my bell-bottom pants Then point and click just that quick I ordered delivery Next time I'll specify pizza When I say I want a 12-inch Supreme <laughs> Blame it on the internet Without question I'd have never done it without a certified cyber endorsed suggestion. It's the greatest resource or excuse that you will ever get. If it ain't what you want or you thought that it might be, just blame it on the internet. <laughs> now the directions that take a ride right after you've left the center of the center. I did what it said until I found a sign that read, do not enter. But that celebrity weight loss plan really is amazing. I done finished them two weeks of meals in less than four days. <laughs> Blame it on the internet without question. See, I'd have never done it without a certified cyber indoor suggestion. It's the greatest resource for excuse that you will ever get. If it ain't what you want or thought that it might be, just blame it on the internet. See, you can build a boat, train a goat, put in a pool or drain a moat. All the keys to success, the possibilities are endless. A little patience is all it takes Don't worry if you make a mistake You got the perfect alibi When someone asks you why <laughs> Blame it on the 
blame it on the internet Without question Just say I'd have never done it Without a certified cyber indoor suggestion It's the greatest resource or excuse That you will ever get If it ain't what you want Or thought that it might be All you gotta do Is blame it on the internet Blame it on the internet Without question You know I'd have never done it Without a certified cyber indoor suggestion It's the greatest resource or excuse That you will ever get If it ain't what you want Or thought that it might be All you gotta do Is blame it on the internet That's right Just blame it on the internet Hey, once again, thanks for checking us out here on our weekly podcast called uh, The Church of Common Sense. I am Brother Chuck here from the pulpit. And each and every week here on our podcast, we count down the sins that will do you in. Top five of our seven sins of the week. And you know the seven sins well, as well as the eighth sin that masquerades as a disease, and that is the sin and disease of hypocrisy. But the sins, uh, the top seven of them are ignorance, arrogance, pride, deception, greed, laziness, and the sin of apathy, which occupies the number two slot on our countdown this week. We can no longer be apathetic about the rising cost of everything in the United States. You know, I am a big fan of Stuart Varney and the Fox television network, uh, Varney and Company, which tracks the daily uh, efforts of the stock market and the financial world. If you watch it, you know what I'm talking about. If not, and you got a chance, sometimes catch it. It comes on around 9 o'clock Central Time in the morning, 10 o'clock Eastern. Well, actually, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern. And um, it's just a, it's an informative program. And, and, you know, Varney's British, so he's got that dry English sense of humor. But it also it digs deeper into, and he has a lot of people that uh, talk about things like this, into really what's going on economically, not just with the stock market. You know, people will invest in the stock market in good times and, and bad times. Even as war broke out in Israel, you know, people expected there to be a drop in the stock market. Actually, people moved money. Instead of investing in things like Procter & Gamble, they invested in Boeing Airlines or Lockheed Martin because they knew they would be benefactors of, of a war. As tragic as it is, you know, certain companies benefit in wartime because they need to make more supplies. But aside from that, it's also very important to keep abreast of what's going on with everything. Slowly but surely, and this started happening and I, and I hate to keep falling on the horse and, and, and beating a dead horse to death with COVID, but it started, and, and the far-reaching effects of the mask mysterious cootie bug that was going to kill us all are still being felt today. A lot of those being felt at the market where you buy food. If you've been to purchase something lately, you know it costs a little bit more. And even though it's only a slight increase, let's say 5 or 6%, you know, let's look at 5 or 
of your annual income. Did you get a 5 or 6% raise last year? Maybe you did. Few people did. You know, the cost of living raise for people on Social Security, I think, was something like 4%. Uh, people are investing, hoping to get 2 or 3% on their savings. But everything is going up, everything from food to gasoline. Of course, we all track the price of oil and the barrel of oil. It's been as high as $100, now somewhere in the, I think, upper 80s or low 90s as we do this broadcast. Yet the price of gas continues to come down. Uh, we watch the price of the foreign markets and things like that. But how about this? I found this quite interesting the other day, and we can't be apathetic to the rising cost of everything these days, the cost of owning a home. Yes, that's right. Recently, it was reported that the cost of a mortgage for a new homeowner today or someone that is upgrading or buying another home is going to be so expensive that it actually would make it cheaper to rent in the tough U.S. housing market. The gap in favor of renting, the report says, hasn't been this big in the last eight years. 2015 was the last time that they said it was better to rent than buy, but it's getting harder and more expensive to afford and even qualify to buy a home these days. The highest cost U.S. housing markets are cities like you would expect, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Washington, Honolulu, Hawaii, and even San Jose, California, which is, of course, close to you know, where the Napa Valley and where the Silicon Valley area is out there. And that's the reason prices are higher. Well, according to the Zillow group that tracks buying versus renting, they say the premium for buying versus renting is surging, causing more people to actually need to rent than buy. Let's take, for instance, California, where the typical home will cost $1.4 million, and a buyer with 10% down would face then a monthly mortgage payment of almost $9,000. If you put down, first of all, if you buy a home in California today, the average price is $1.4 million. You'd have to have at least $140,000 to put down. Now, a lot of people are counting on selling their existing home and making a profit of $140,000, but that's not going to happen either. So if you are able to put the 10% down, you know, you'll face a mortgage payment of $8,771 today. That is more than $5,000 higher than what you could rent for. The average rent is somewhere around $3,500 in California. Now, this is everything is, you know, everything is relevant. Everything is, I, I should say, in line with each other, even though we don't see those kind of prices mainly in the South. It's still, if you are looking at purchasing a home, your mortgage payment today would possibly be between four and five thousand dollars when you could rent the same type of dwelling for two thousand to twenty five hundred a month. So everything is relative, so to speak. And we can no longer be apathetic to the rising cost of everything. Not only that, interest rates are continuing to go up, and that will affect everything. And now, let me tell you, we're involved in a disturbance that is akin to what we went through in the late 1970s and 19, early 1980s. And that, of course, is 
the Iranian conflict that saw prices skyrocket in the late 70s and 80s and interest rates get up to 13, 14, 15, or 16% to buy a new home. Will we see that again? Time will tell, but it's not looking good. And we can no longer sit around and let the sin of apathy go unnoticed. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. Now if you don't do something, if you don't do something, something's gonna get done that you can't do nothing about. If you don't do something, if you don't do something, something's gonna get done that you can't do nothing about. Well, I'm tired of hearing it ain't up to me It's the simple ideas that have changed history If you want to make a difference you got to take a stand Her things are going to turn out just like you hadn't planned So if you don't do something If you don't do something Something's gonna get done that you can't do nothing about If you don't do something If you don't do something Something's gonna get done that you can't do nothing about Now you can't just sit there Let them all run over you Limitate, buddy, that's what they're hoping you'll do Just stand up and say Uh-uh, there ain't no way Who knows, they might just listen to what you say Cause if you don't do something If you don't do something Something's gonna get done that you can't do nothing about if you don't do something, if you don't do something, something's gonna get done that you can't do nothing about. Something's gonna get done that you can't do nothing about. If you don't do something. Our number one sin of the week for our countdown on the Church of Common Sense weekly podcast with Brother Chuck is once again the sin of ignorance. And today the sin involves the Russians and the Chinese. We cannot be ignorant of what is going on with these two. We talk about the global economy we talk about everything global these days. We talk about the World Wide Web. We talk about being connected to the rest of the world and how we need to be and stay connected to the rest of the world. And in doing so, we cannot be ignorant of how the rest of the world views the United States of America and our leadership. For instance, our two most formidable foes, 
you know, we had a big fun time blaming the Russians for everything a few years back. And when she was running for office, uh, Hillary Clinton even joked about it. Barack Obama joked about the fact that why would we care about the Russians? And all the time he was doing that, there was a Russian, Russian submarine in the Gulf of Mexico spying on what was going on in the United States. Then, of course, came the whole coronavirus situation and the allegations that may have come out of a Wuhan lab in China. And it might have actually been cooked up to destroy the Western economy. Whether or not it was, or whether or not the media and the politicians used it to destroy the economy, let's face it, it did. And we're starting to see that now, even more than we did in 2020 and 2021. But get ready, because we can't be ignorant about what is going on with China and Russia. Today on our sin of ignorance and our blame the Russians files, Vladimir Putin, on the same day that Joe Biden made a visit to Israel, basically in his greed for attention and to hopefully make himself look better in the polls, Vladimir Putin just sashayed right into China to meet with Xi Jinping. The Russian president arrived in Beijing to attend what is known as the Belt and Road Forum. The Belt and Road Forum is a meeting of global leaders on the Chinese infrastructure initiative that was set up by China to deepen their ties with the rest of the world. So one would have to ask, well, wait a minute. How is Vladimir Putin going anyway, anywhere? Isn't he wanted for war crimes? I mean, the minute he leaves Russia, shouldn't he instantly be arrested and detained? One would think. But this is Putin's second trip abroad since what is known as the International Criminal Court put out a warrant for his arrest for alleged war crimes related to the 2022 invasion of Ukraine. Now, it might be noted here that while the rest of the world is taking an unfavorable view of Putin, China has declined to criticize his efforts to invade Ukraine. While there, the two, Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin, were expected to discuss What's going on between Israel and the Gaza Strip? Both countries are calling for a ceasefire, and I'm talking about China and Russia. But are they really doing anything about it? And the answer to that is no. But here's what's important about this. The significance of not just the meeting, but the timing of the meeting. Yes, you see... Putin hadn't intended to attend this conference, but at the last minute, on the very day that Joe Biden, in agreed for attention to himself, flew to Israel for a worthless meeting where basically he sort of thumbed his nose at the Jewish people. I mean, if you look at the meeting there, 
He's over there telling the Jewish people, you know, really you guys need to try to get along with these people on the Gaza Strip. When, uh, uh, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu said, we don't intend to do that at all. We're going to invade the country and hopefully wipe them off the map. And that's the attitude they should take. And then, uh, you know, Biden was over there saying, well, you know, we've got to. And, and by the way, while he stressed his his uh, his support of Israel and the Jewish people, he also gave $100 million for Palestine humanitarian efforts, which is another show of ignorance. How can you possibly give $1 to the folks on the Gaza Strip and not know that everything there right now is either being controlled by Hamas on the south or Hezbollah on the north? I mean, are we really that ignorant? But anyway, back to the subject at hand. Yes, the number one sin of the week is ignorance, not just in the fact that Biden, in his ignorant attempt to show solidarity for Israel, basically made a fool out of himself on the international stage, but we can no longer sit around and just ignore or be ignorant of the ties between Russia and China. Everybody now is talking about the war expanding and the war broadening and other people getting involved. Well, the first person that will get involved is Iran. And Iran has already been involved, to some extent, uh, funding terrorists in the Middle East. But then we find out that apparently some of the weapons used by Hamas, they got hold of from the North Koreans, which are friendly with both the Russians and the Chinese. So ignorance is our number one sin of the week, and we can't be ignorant of what's going on globally with the connection between Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping of China. You can blame the Russians, you can laugh at them, but you gotta keep an eye on them. Brother Chuck here from the pulpit of the Church of Common Sense. Well, my coffee's cold, my car won't start, I'm gonna be late for work. Couldn't find a pair of clean underwear There's a button missing off my shirt My cell phone's dead, the internet's down And the cat's in heat again As mornings go, it's a big zero On a scale of one to ten There can only be one reason this is happening to me I'm the unwilling victim of a conspiracy They're out to get us all I swear you just can't trust them I know who to blame, it's the Russians It's raining through the hole in my waterproof umbrella My double ultra widener has done turn my TV yeller TV has preempted all my favorite shows And there ain't no songs I recognize on the radio Oh, the neighbor across the street just put up a new fence Oh, they even got new window shades That ain't no coincidence My toilet started making funny sounds Each time I flush it And I know who's to blame It's the Russians Yeah, we all know they're watching Every single move I bet they're even listening To what we're saying too They'll hack us They'll attack us They'll make things a mess 
Oh, when and where they'll strike next is anybody's guess. Everything that goes wrong or can't be figured out. If it cannot be explained, then there is no doubt. There really is no need for any more discussion. I know who to blame, it's the Russians. Yep, darn tootin'. This is the work of Putin. I'm telling you, they got eyes, they got spies, and I just despise their lies. Yeah, we all know they are watching every single move. I bet they're listening in on what we're saying too. They'll hack us, they'll attack us, they'll make things a mess. Just when and where they'll strike next is anybody's guess. Everything that goes wrong or can't be figured out. If it cannot be explained, then there is no doubt. There really is no need for any more discussion. I know who'd blame, it's the Russians. Yeah, I know who to blame, it's the Russians. Yep. Or you know what? Maybe even the Chinese.